What is it that invites God's indignation and his anger? Well, if you consider God's word through the prophet Isaiah from 2,800 years ago, you may find some answers to that question. The nation of Israel, a couple hundred years before the prophet Isaiah came, had been divided by a civil war so that at the time of the prophet, there was a northern kingdom of Israel, which is referred to in the scriptures as Ephraim or Israel. And then there was a southern kingdom of Israel, which is called Judah. And when Isaiah began to prophesy, and mostly he spoke to the people of Judah in the south, but at the time that he began to prophesy, both of the people of Israel in the north and the people of Judah in the south, they were effectively ripe for judgment. And during Isaiah's life and ministry, the Assyrians in the 8th century BC, they would obliterate the northern kingdom of Israel and nearly destroy the southern kingdom of Judah. If you were a part of the nation of Israel at the time of Isaiah, it was a horrific time to be alive. But Israel and Judah's devastation, it was predictable. It was very likely avoidable. The Deuteronomic principle, which I've talked about before, or what is also called the law of retribution or the principle of sowing and reaping, it is always at work. It was at work in Isaiah's day, and I would suggest that it's at work today as well. And the principle is pretty simple. You could say it's kind of like what goes around comes around, or like someone might say in our time, garbage in, garbage out. If you do well, you will be accepted. But if you do not, then sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. The purpose of the prophets, like the prophet Isaiah, in large part, it was to call the people back to God to call them to repentance so that they would not reap the inevitable consequences of departing from the superordinate principles of God's word. But time after time, whether it was during the days of Isaiah or through the time of the judges or one of the other prophets, time after time, the people would rarely repent and return to God. So they would reap the consequences so what was it at the time of Isaiah that invited the devastation? Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 5 writes, Woe, or as the New Living Translation puts it, What sorrow awaits you who buy up house after house and field after field until everyone is evicted and you live alone in the land? He says, Woe to those who are greedy. And woe to those that chase after one buzz after another, who get up early in the morning looking for the next drink of alcohol and spend long evenings drinking to inflame themselves with drunkenness. Woe or what sorrow awaits those that parade their wickedness around and shake their fist at the sky, basically saying, where is God and what is he going to do about it? What sorrow awaits those who say evil is good and good is evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever, who are mighty at drinking, who pervert justice by taking bribes, and they punish those who are innocent. They have rejected God and his law. That was the assessment by Isaiah. They have despised God's word and they've kindled his anger. Those are truly sobering words, especially when you read this in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 25. This is why the Lord's anger burns against his people and why he has raised his fist to crush them. The mountains tremble 
and the corpses of his people litter the streets like garbage. But even then, the Lord's anger is not satisfied, and his fist is still poised to strike. Now, you may say, well, I don't believe in God, so I'm not worried about his indignation and anger. But the principle of sowing and reaping, well, you just have to read a little bit of history. It sure looks like it continues to work whether you believe it or not. Something to think about. We'll see you next time. Thank you.